This is Ballin' with the Bison, your home for everything you need to know about Bucknell women's basketball. Shovel out, Allie Johnson from 30 feet. Oh, my! On the drive, shot blocked by Cap. And the ball game is over. The Bucknell Bison hang on for a humongous victory. Rebound, Tessa Brugler puts it on the floor once, goes up, bucket good, and the foul. Three-point play coming up for Tessa Brugler. Three seconds left, the Bucknell Bison are Patriot League champions in the 2019-2020 season. And now, here's your host, Joe Basile. Hello and welcome into this week's episode of Ballin' with the Bison. I am your host, Joe Basile. Got a uh, kind of a loaded episode this week. There's three games on tap for Bucknell in this week, Thanksgiving week of uh, the season, and a couple of games last week to get to. So we'll kind of just get right into it. Also going to have a chat with Bucknell freshman Cecilia Collins a little bit later on in the program. Let's first dive into the results from last week, where Bucknell on Wednesday went to Fairleigh Dickinson and scored a 66-56 victory over the FDU Knights, and then on Saturday down in Philadelphia fell 59-46 at the hands of the Temple Owls. Both of those games, despite their very different results, were kind of similar in how they played out. On Wednesday night, Bucknell was trailing by six going into the fourth quarter against Fairleigh Dickinson, and then outscored the Knights 22-6 in the fourth including a 22-3 run for most of it. In fact, the Knights were 1-for-14 to start the quarter uh, from the floor. They hit a, a 3 late, and that was uh, just kind of a little bit of garnish. At that point, the game was well in hand. Bucknell had a 13-point lead, and it was really incredible to watch because for the first three quarters of that game, Bucknell didn't really play... Well, but FDU allowed them to hang around. They didn't necessarily take advantage of a slow offensive start for the Bison, 2-for-11 in the first quarter, uh, shooting below 40% at halftime. Things really, though, ticked up for Bucknell in the second half. Although defensively, especially in the third quarter, the Knights kind of had their way. Things started to turn around a little bit offensively, second quarter into the third for the Bison, but then that fourth quarter was just something special um, and something that we've seen quite a bit from the Bison over the years where they just kind of flip a switch defensively. But then that fourth quarter was really something. Um, and we've seen that. But then that fourth quarter came around, and that was really... I think Bucknell at its best uh, so far this season. And I don't really think it's particularly much of an argument that the fourth quarter against FDU is the best that the team has played throughout the year. And I think that's a good thing and a good sign looking forward to the rest of the season. That, all right, we've seen the potential now of what this team can do when it's playing defense together, when the shots are going down. And Know, working for good shots and, and and getting the luck to have them go in, the results can be what we've seen over the last couple of years from this team. 
and that's what it was against FDU in that fourth quarter that helped lead the team on to a victory. 18 points from Taylor O'Brien along with seven rebounds in that game. Marley Wall's career-high 14 points. Cecilia Collins had 10, and uh, Carly Kershaw a career-high with 13 points in that game as well. A couple of days later, though, against Temple, it was a little bit of Again, a similar story, but also a very different story, where I think for most of the game, Bucknell played really good defense. They held Temple to 59 points. Uh, The second quarter was a little rough. Uh, Really, the whole first half was a little rough. Defensively, Temple came out. They hit a couple of threes early on. They were shooting better than 50% at halftime. Uh, But in the second half, Bucknell came out really strong defensively held Temple to just 13 points in the third quarter and 11 in the fourth. In fact, the Owls shot just 1 of 10 from the floor in the fourth quarter. They got 9 of their 11 points from the free throw line, and you know that was at a point where Bucknell was in foul, uh, was in you know fouling to extend the game kind of territory down the stretch. Honestly, not that dissimilar to what happened when Temple was at Soika Pavilion two years ago, where the game ended up being an 11-point win for the Owls, but... Uh, it was a much closer game than that. Bucknell trailed big going into the fourth quarter and hit a couple of threes early on. Julie Kalesia, uh, much like she did against Fairleigh Dickinson on Wednesday, kind of helped to, to spur things offensively, getting off to a fast start. Unfortunately, Bucknell just couldn't recapture that same offensive mojo that they had against FDU in the fourth quarter and were only able to score 12 points on 3 of 14 shooting in the fourth, there was one point in time where Bucknell held Temple without a point for four and a half minutes and without a field goal for nearly six minutes. Unfortunately, Bucknell wasn't able to score during that stretch. They also went four and a half minutes without a field goal during that same time. There were opportunities earlier in the game where the Bison were defensively holding Temple without a point for three, four minutes. And yet, they were only able to string together a run of four or five points instead of a run of six or eight points to really cut into the lead. And I think at the end of the day, that's what ultimately sunk the Bison. It wasn't the defense. The defense played fine. It was the offense and not necessarily being able to take advantage of some of the windows of opportunity that Temple laid out for them. Bucknell forced 16 turnovers in the game, only scored nine points off those turnovers. That's, you know, you look to be at at least a point per turnover. And, you know, being nine on 16 is not where you need to be to win a game like that going on the road against a a larger conference opponent. Like Temple, it, it was a winnable game. And it was right there. And I think that, you know, in January, in February, in conference play, Bucknell will have what it needs offensively to win a game like Temple. But obviously, it was game three of the season, and they don't have it yet. And I think that's fine. I understand why, if... Some people are looking at, all right, it's a one and two start. Didn't play, you know, the best game in the win against FDU, but but still 
was able to pull it out. I understand why maybe you'd look at that and, and maybe be a little worried, but frankly, I, I am not at the present time. Because you can look at this team and you can see the talent. Are there some questionable decisions made on the court at times? Sure, but that's part of being a young team and that's part of growing. And they're the kind of mistakes that come January, come February, when it's into conference play, are not going to be made anymore. And frankly, the Patriot League is a one-bid conference. So while, yes, it's great to get wins early on in the non-conference and to have a winning record and to run up a really solid start to the season in terms of wins and losses, the most important thing is for this team to grow during the non-conference. So that way, by December 29th, when conference play begins, Boston University coming to Soika Pavilion, this team's going to be ready, and it's going to be ready to go out and compete. And they've got the talent to compete in the Patriot League this year. It's just about learning. And when you have a couple of scrimmages and some practices before the season, you can, you can learn and you can grow from that, but uh, there really is no substitute for being out there in an actual game that actually counts with fans in the stands and having those real game situations. So that way next time, you know, if Bucknell needs a fourth quarter comeback against, say, American or Boston or Army or Navy or anyone else, they're going to be able to do it. And I think that that's where the future of this team is, is that they'll go through these growing pains early on, much like they did two years ago. And then when the conference play rolls around, they'll be ready and uh, it'll just be off to the races from that point. I, I really do think that. I'm not, you know, just saying that, you know, with orange and blue glasses on. I, I really do think that the talent is there on this team. It's just raw. And when the polish comes along through this non-conference, uh, everything is going to be really good moving forward for the rest of the season. We've talked a lot about it being a young team and one of the most outstanding young players of the freshman-sophomore classes so far this season is Cecilia Collins, a guard out of Scranton, Pennsylvania. Through her first couple of career games, has looked really good. A 10-point performance against Fairleigh Dickinson on Wednesday was her career high, but averaging 8 points per game through her first three games, has started all three games, and we had a chance to catch up with Cecilia before the season started to talk about just the beginning of her collegiate career. First thing just wanted to, to ask about was a couple days ago on social media, there was the whole Coach Woodruff mic'd up at practice <laughs> thing. Do you real is We Like to Party really the only song you like? Yes. Why? Like, how did, how did you settle on that as being, <laughs> all right, this is it. This is all I do. Um, throughout high school, that was kind of just like a joke song that we'd always play, um, especially before games. It kind of just got the whole team hype, so I kind of just stuck with it, and here we are. So, like, I know a lot of players, they'll, they'll listen to music and stuff like that before games. If you're not a music, like, what do you do to kind of get in that right mindset to, to get ready to play? Um, I kind of just like to collect my thoughts before games. I don't really like the outside distractions with the music and everything. I mean, if the team's playing music, I'll listen to it. Um, but I do just like to think to myself, just imagine what I want to happen throughout the game. And that's kind of helped me in the past. So, Obviously, coming in your first year at Bucknell, what's been 
even basketball aside, just the biggest part of the transition from, from high school into college for you? Just like the speed of the game, um, obviously we don't really have, like us freshmen don't really have much experience. We've played AAU basketball, which is obviously quicker than high school, but you know, every single person is just as fast as you are at the collegiate level. Just adjusting to that and just the play style. As, you know, for, you know, coming out of Scranton Prep and, and kind of being quasi-local here in Lewisburg, about 90 minutes from, from Scranton down this way. What was it about Bucknell for you that, that kind of kind of sold you on this was the place where you wanted to be? Honestly, it was an easy decision. Um, like you said, it's only 90 minutes away from home, so my family can be at almost every home game. Um, and even just away games like Lehigh, Lafayette, they're also pretty close to Scranton. But also just like the amazing coaching staff, the team is great. Um, and just the winning atmosphere. What's been, I guess, so far, kind of the best part of your college experience to this point that you can share on the radio? <laughs> you know, just like being able to come to practice every day with people that want to win as much as you do. Um, this isn't really high school where, like, some people may, may not want to practice. Everyone wants to be here and work every single day. When you look back at your high school career, obviously a lot of kind of memorable moments, memorable games. What, what are the things that, that kind of stick out to you as, as being, you know, those, the most memorable for you about, you know, your, your time in high school? Honestly, just like the relationships I've built. I'm still best friends with everyone on my high school team. Um, I obviously keep in touch with them almost every single day and just have those relationships that like you make once in a lifetime, you cherish it. And I know you have a couple younger siblings who are, who are athletes as well? Uh, yeah, so my oldest sister, she did um, sports in high school, but my other older sister is a soccer player at NYU. Um, and then my two younger sisters, one of them, she's a junior in high school, and she's a runner, um, basketball player, and soccer player. Um, and then my youngest sister plays a bunch of sports too. So, How much did, did kind of growing up around that just kind of drive you competitively and, and kind of you know make you into again not even as an athlete but just the, the person who you are today I mean my whole family is very competitive um, we'd be fighting just over just random things just because of the competition in our family um, but it definitely just made me into the person and athlete I am in today I don't like to lose and no one else in my family likes to lose either so what uh, what's your major here at Bucknell I am undecided Undecided. All right. So I was going to ask what made you decide on that, but of, of course that's okay. Got it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, really what are you looking forward to the most about, you know, this year, just from a basketball standpoint and, you know, kind of, you know, finding your way in the, in the first year of playing college basketball? Honestly, just like getting out there. I mean, I feel like I haven't played in so long and we've been here since July 25th and practice is always fun, but um, just like getting to play an actual game away from the court what do what do you like what, what do you like to do to, to kind of kill the time um I mean I do shoot a lot when <laughs> um just spending time with family um I have a really big family so even just my sisters but also my cousins who all live in Scranton I hang out with them a lot love it all, all business got it's uh, it just kind of right down to it you know coming in obviously a group that has done a lot of winning over the last couple of years, some NCAAs, conference championships, all that. How have you learned from the upperclassmen and, and kind of helping to, to just show you the ropes and guide you through this this uh, fall season? 
Well, they've just shown me that, like, we're all held to a higher standard here. Um, no one here likes to lose, which I also just appreciate. I mean, who likes to lose? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're filled with people who are always winning, it's just going to make you better. Thank you so much to Cecilia Collins for joining us this week on Ballin' with the Bison. Bucknell this week has three games, including one tonight, if you're listening to this podcast on time, the day that it comes out on Tuesday, with the Bison taking on the Iona Gales out of the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. Iona is coached by Billy Chambers, who in her first season at Iona led the program to a 26-6 season. She's in year number nine now. They've been down for a couple of years, but looking like they're back on the upswing and a team that in the early going is opening some eyes across the MAC. Um, off to a two and two start, but Juana Chameleon is really their best player. A dynamic guard out of Spain has been a two time all conference selection, both preseason and postseason for the Gales. It's going to be a tough game against Iona. Iona's a tough team. Not only do they have Chameleon, they've got a couple of really um, really interesting young players. I think Billy Chambers is a, is a very good coach and is getting a lot out of this team. And I think it's going to be a dogfight tonight. Um, Iona has struggled on the offensive side, much like Bucknell has. However, um, defensively, they've been a, a very strong team in the early going. So I think from that standpoint, it, it's a kind of an even matchup between its two teams trying to figure things out and, and look for that consistency on the offensive end, but have also done fairly good on the defensive end. So um, it should be it should be a fun one tonight. That is a seven o'clock tip in New Rochelle, New York. We'll have the coverage on the Bison Sports Network from Learfield at six forty-five. Then after Thanksgiving, Bucknell is on the road heading up to the University of Vermont in Burlington, where they'll play two games, one on Saturday against the University of North Dakota Fighting Hawks out of the Summit League. North Dakota is 1-3 this season. Their last game was also on Saturday. That was a win over Montana State for their first win of the season. They're kind of a team that I don't really know what to make out of right now. Their one win was spurred by Casey Burovich. And Burovich is a, a guard from Minnesota. She was Miss Minnesota basketball in 2019. She missed the first three games of the season, which were all losses for North Dakota. Then she comes back against Montana State and goes absolutely off. 33 points on 20 for 20 free throw shooting. She got to the line 20 times and hit them all. <laughs> Unbelievable. She also turned the ball over 10 times in the game as well. But, I mean, Burovich was the team and, and kind of spurred them on to victories. So, uh, don't know why she didn't play the first three games yet. At least, you know, haven't kind of gotten that far in to preparing for North Dakota as an opponent just yet but certainly seems like the kind of player that is a difference maker uh, for the Fighting Hawks. And so you look at that one and three record, but you know, then they just brought in a player who put up a, a 33 spot. Um, could be a much better team than that record indicates. Although Montana State, looking at them, they're not 
uh, necessarily a high-quality opponent, but one that's probably akin to Bucknell playing Fairleigh Dickinson. So it's not like they're so far, you know, you know, we're not talking about one of the worst teams in Division One. You're talking about really kind of bottom fifth of Division One, but but still a a team that can hold its own. So don't really know what to make of North Dakota, but hopefully it'll be a, a strong matchup there. Their defensive numbers so far this season have not been great, so maybe if Bucknell can get some positive momentum in his game against uh, Iona tomorrow, and carry that forward against North Dakota on Saturday. And then Sunday, we don't know who the opponent's going to be. It's either going to be Brown out of the Ivy League or the University of Vermont out of the America East Conference. It's basically the winners of the Saturday games. Those two teams play each other. Winners of the Saturday games play each other. The losers play each other. So, say if Bucknell and Vermont both win, they'll play Sunday. If it's not, then they won't. Um, Vermont has been pretty good the last two years, so uh, that should be interesting. Although they just lost to Navy uh, two days ago, which honestly I think says a lot about Navy and where they're at. I think Navy's really good. Jennifer Coleman uh, is off to a great start this season, and uh, frankly, I think I underestimated Navy and how good they were going to be, and um, looks like they're going to be a, a, a tough challenge this year in the Patriot League. But that'll be an interesting litmus test just because of that recent history against another Patriot League opponent. Brown is off to a little bit of a rough start this season, but an Ivy League opponent is always going to be a tough challenge. And so I think either way, no matter who it is, Vermont or Brown on Sunday, should be in for a tough game and a game that's going to be um, going to be very entertaining. So we hope you join us for all of that action over the weekend and, uh, of course, starting tonight, if you're listening to this on time, Tuesday against Iona. So that wraps things up for us this week on Bowling with the Bison. Thanks so much to Cecilia Collins for joining us. I am Joe Vasile. We'll talk to you next time. Probably no podcast next Tuesday, just trying to recover after this crazy week and the crazy weekend going up to Vermont. So let's just say we'll talk to you again in two weeks' time. Until then, enjoy your Thanksgiving. I'm Joe Vasile. Thanks for listening.